So we've been doing doctrine. We've been doing doctrine for uh, six months now. How many of you are doing all right? Not, not overwhelmed, not, uh, not squished. Uh, this week, we're actually going to take a week off. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. And uh, we'll be coming back to it in August. But uh, we have something really important I want to talk about today. Starting out with 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, still echoey, echo, he's working on. I charge you, oh, uh, verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. We've already heard that this morning, haven't we? He's given us a charge to preach the word, to speak, to, to be a witness wherever we go. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, or as some translations say it, doctrine. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, say as for us, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So, Paul is writing to Timothy because back then people were already not wanting to listen <clears throat> to sound doctrine. We've been doing six months of sound doctrine. I believe it's sound doctrine. I haven't been stoned yet, either way. And sound doctrine is great if you're in the, in the Spirit, if you're walking by the Spirit, if you want to live by the Spirit. But if you're outside of the Spirit, if you're outside of the things of God, sound doctrine is bad. Sound doctrine will tell you that the way you're living is wrong, and nobody wants to hear that. But unless we take that sound doctrine and we apply it to our lives and we allow that word to start working on our lives, it doesn't do us any good. So as we've been going through from, from uh, January and through June, and now we're into July, all that we've been studying, all that we've been hearing about, all that we've been talking about in our small groups, if it's not affecting our lives, if it's not being applied to our lives and affecting our lives, then we're just wasting our time. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to stop um, and I want to take bearings of where we are today. When we were uh, traveling last week, thank you for your prayers for the, the youth trip and the youth camp and everything that was going on in the last couple of weeks. Thank you for your prayers. We had a fantastic time. Absolutely fantastic time. It was wonderful. And uh, I, I was places I've never been before. I'd never been any farther east, uh, northeast than Ohio. And uh, beautiful country, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, and, New and Newark, New Jersey. It's gorgeous, absolutely. Right, George. <laughs> but parts of New Jersey are absolutely gorgeous. We had a fantastic job. 
But it was amazing to me. You know, you, you, know I, I can, you put me out in a woods, and I can stand there for a few moments, and pretty, pretty quickly I can tell you which way is north, south, east, west, where I've come from, where I'm going. I can tell you know, pretty quickly where I'm at. You put me in the, t- in the middle of a bunch of tall buildings, and I don't know nothing. If it wasn't for Zach and Christine, who had been there before, and GPS, I would still be there, circling, <laughs> around and around. But it's amazing when you pull up that GPS or a map or whatever, what is the one thing that's always, should be, hopefully, always on the map? Where you are. You are here. I love those. You are here. Okay. I know I'm here, and I know where I want to get to, so if I, if I set my bearings, then I can get there. This morning, what I want to do is I want, I want to, in the middle of the year, set our bearings. Where are we? We've come this far through doctrine. We've talked about all this stuff. But where are we in this? Is our practices, is what we're doing exhibiting what the Word of God wants us or how the Word of God wants us to live? So it's good to stop every once in a while and check your bearings. All right, there was a study done once, and if you've been here for any length of time, I've been here 14 years, and I've preached a whole bunch of sermons in that time. If you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me quote this study before, um, because it just applies to so many areas of life. But there was a study done once of octogenarians, those that are in their 80s, and they were asked uh, an open question about their life. They said, if you had your life to live over again, what would you do differently? Open question. They didn't give them any specifics. They just said, if you had your life to live over again, what would you do differently? They, all kinds of different answers, but they came down to basically three of the same type or the exact same que- or answer three different times. The first one was that most all of them said is if they, had, if they could live their life over again, they would risk more. They would take more risks. Now we go through our lives and we try to think of all the safe ways of doing everything. So I've determined, Deb, we're going to take more risks. <laughs> See, that's funny because most of the time Deb is hanging on going, ah, where are we going? It's good to risk. It's, re- it's good to get outside of ourselves and to do some things that are not what you've ever done before. I'd never been to the East Coast. I actually know, you know how you, when you go somewhere new and you might have a little bit of dread? I mean, New York City, you know, you've heard all the stories. I've seen the movie Escape from New York. I mean, it's, it's just, it's scary out there, you know? Uh, Washington, D.C., you know, ooh, you know, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're out there, you know, I mean, all these, but once you get there, once you take the risk to get outside of yourself, all of a sudden, there's a whole, whole bigger world out there. Same thing in the spirit. When you take a risk in the spirit, when you follow God and, and follow his leading, whatever it may be, doing something outside of, you know, and I'm going to pick on Terry for just a moment here. I just felt led that Terry was supposed to pray. The Bible says, you know, we just read the scripture that says, be ready in season and out of season. Well, Terry wasn't ready. He didn't, I mean, he was ready, wasn't he? 
But he didn't know I was going to do that. So I walked back and I said, you know, I, I just feel led. You're, you're supposed to pray for, you know, pray with us, lead us in prayer. And he goes, I have no idea what to say. I said, you will when you get the microphone in your hand. When you step out into something new in, in God, in the Spirit, he always meets you there and takes you where he wants you to go. He always does. He does. He just, that's the kind of God he is. Well, that's the first thing, risk more. The second thing that almost all of them said was that they would do more that would affect the world beyond their life. They would do things in this life, in the years that God gives them, that would affect the world around them beyond their life. Invest into the future. Invest into children. Invest into young people. Invest into things that will live beyond your lifetime. Too often people live, well, what can I get out of this life? What can I get? Instead of what can I give? What can I, how can I sow into someone else or something else that'll live beyond myself and that I'm not going to have control over? Because once I die, I don't care. I don't have control over what happens. But when we invest our life into the future, into beyond ourselves, I've heard many different philosophers and, po and poets say, you keep on living. The influence that you had on this earth keeps on living. And look what Jesus did. He lived for other people his whole life. He invested not into the moment, because they kept saying, when are you going to set up your kingdom? When are you going to set up your kingdom? And he said, "Don't. that's not the point. The point is that I'm going to die. Oh, no, Jesus, you can't do that. But he knew that if he invested into the future, look what he gets. Humans, people, beyond measure, beyond our measure anyway, not his measure, but he, that you know, believers spending eternity with him, it was worth it for him to invest in something that would last beyond his lifetime. And the third thing, which is the, you know, the first two, you, kind of, you can see that. You know, I can see someone saying that, oh yeah, I just need to, to uh, uh, you know, I want to risk more or I want to invest my life into something that's beyond what I'm going to live. But this third one is the one that always gets me. And I read this uh, probably 25 years ago. And I've, been, I've used it in my own life. I've actually applied these things to my life. And I, I revisit this on a regular basis. The third one is the one that always gets me. It's this. That they would reflect more on their life and make adjustments. You know, it's too easy to get going. Just be cruising through life and you're doing your thing, you're going to school, you're going to work, you're putting in your 40 hours, you're getting your boat, you're getting the whatever, and you have the kids, and then you got to get the house, and then, or you get the house, and then the kids, and we get through our ka-chung, 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 we're, we're doing our daily life, and all of a sudden we get to be whatever age, and we go, how did that happen? Whereas if we would just stop for a moment, every so often a while, and just ask a simple question, where am I? Am I where I want to be? Now there's been many times when I've been traveling where I end up where I don't want to be. And on this last trip, a couple times almost happened in Chicago. <laughs> Cruising along and all of a sudden I look up and it says you're headed towards, an, oh man, you know, safely drove over to the other lane. 
somewhat safely. It's Chicago. They didn't notice. Everybody drives crazy down there. <laughs> but to stop every once in a while and reflect about where you are. So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to just t- stop for a moment, take a morning off for all intents and purposes, and reflect about where are we? Are we where we're supposed to be? And if we are, what do we do next? Where do we, where's God leading us next? So I want to look through a, a few things here and talk about those, where we are, those, those landmarks of where we are at this time. So here's where we are today. We're halfway through the year of doctrine. Give yourselves a big round of applause. Just real quick, for your own benefit, how many of you have actually enjoyed this more than you thought you were going to? Yeah, I have. Man, I've, I, have, I have learned so much. I thought I knew it all. I thought I had every bit of knowledge. But it's amazing what I've learned so far. But we're halfway through. We've got another six-month-ish to go, and since we're not going to start back up till August, and it always takes me longer than I think, so it should be somewhere in 2015 when we actually get done with the year, uh, years of doctrine. Number two, two camps are done, children's and youth. A huge round of applause to all of the, all of the children's workers and youth workers and everybody involved with that and the campers themselves. Awesome. I've heard so many good stories, good uh, reports about what happened at, at both of the camps and, and just everything that went on. Hallelujah. That is so cool. Again, next we survived the youth trip. Hallelujah. That's huge. That's really huge. And uh, my favorite part of the whole thing, and I, don't, I could not get it recorded. I tried real hard to get it recorded, but it, Deb even said she had fun. So there. <laughs> that. Didn't she? Jamie. Where's Jamie? Jamie. Wherever she... Yeah, yeah. She's out there. All right. We've had two community events, uh, road runs completed, and with one more to come. Thank you all for helped out with the road runs the last two times. That is awesome, huge. We had uh, between, uh, well, about, about 48, 45 to 48 people working on the last two road races. I've heard awesome reports. The, the uh, coordinator, the guy who does all of those road races, uh, came to me and he said, you know, last year the group that we signed up to do it only brought six people. And I was like, well, we got more than that. And he goes, yeah, he said, I feel a lot better about this year. So if you can imagine that whole race being run by six people, that would have been very scary. But thank you. Thank you, thank you. And thank you for everyone who bore with us yesterday morning when we had no idea what was happening at the beginning. Didn't know where we were going to meet and everything like that. But so far we've raised over $5,000. I mean, we've been serving the community, being a blessing to the community. But as a whole, between the two events, we've raised over $5,000. Uh, for camps and mission trips and all kinds of different things. So it's a two-fold blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we even received a report yesterday that uh, someone in our group, and I won't point you out because your head will get too big, was a huge blessing to someone on the course. And uh, they was it on the website that they... So it was an email through the website thanking us and just letting us know what an impact our church has been. So glory to God. That was just somebody, some, someone was really nice to someone else 
Isn't that amazing what happens when the love of God is put into practice? Now you might think, well, wait a second, a road race, being a marshal at a road race, that's not very spiritual. Yeah, wrong. Just being there. I was able to have a conversation with one of the police officers yesterday. A really good conversation. It's amazing what, how God opens doors when we give him the opportunity. Amen? Amen. So, weekly we've had evangelistic outreaches since uh, Vernon Mary have started that up. And there's been a number of folks who've been going out with them, re, uh, outreaches into the surrounding communities. And we are so blessed to be a part of of being that weekly outreach, having things going on, uh, reaching out to people that we don't normally see, uh, sharing the love of God, being, being, uh, sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Also, this week, mission trip to Hungary and Romania will be leaving Thursday and Friday, and we're going to be praying uh, for the, that team at the end of the service, and uh, we'll talk more about it at that time. The Washington County Fair is coming up next week. Is it next week or the week after? Two weeks. Yeah, can we get the, uh, the, the sign-up sheet and start setting that around? The, the Washington County Fair has been something we've been doing before I was here. Uh, they uh, set up a booth, and at that time they were doing different things, some different children's outreaches. And then uh, when I came, I, I went down and actually worked the fair one whole week. I sat, I th I sat through all of the through the whole day into the evening for a whole week just to see what was going on and what could be used, what we could do differently, how it could be more, of a, more effective. And uh, what we found out was that there are tons of people wanting to eat greasy food and they need a place to sit down and do it. And there was really no place. There were some, some benches here and there, but that was it. You saw everybody standing around eating their food. Excuse me. <coughs> and so... What we ended up doing the next year was we set up the tent, a 10 by uh, 20 tent, and we put tables in there, and we put fans in there, we put water so we could, you know, hand out water. We set up a corner for kids with chairs and, and veggie tails. And uh, over the years, pretty much now, and at every meal for sure, it's absolutely packed. It's packed with people sitting, uh, being, uh, just being blessed, being there. Uh, having a place to sit in the shade that's cool. Um, they're being blessed. Um, there are on the table about four or five years ago, uh, Pastor Karen came to me and said, can we, can we put prayer request boxes on the tables? And uh, we said, obviously, absolutely. So they, uh, they put uh, the prayer request boxes on the tables. People put prayer requests in there. Some people actually hand them and say, can you pray for me right now? I had a guy come back to us one night. He had put a prayer request in. He came back and says, I can't wait that long. Can you pray for me right now? An amazing opportunity. Excuse me. Picked up a small bug after uh, being out east. Had to have been D.C. Had to have been. <clears throat> I'm feeling more liberal all the time. I don't know. What's <laughs> Sorry. I apologize. That was my own opinion. Please forgive me for that. That was... <laughs> Where was I? Prayer request. Oh, so, so the fair... Um, we have opportunity. We've had people get prayed for healing. We've had, pray, you know, opportunity. Most people come there and just eat. 
and enjoy the place. But they get blessed. We're blessing them in the name of the Lord. And the Bible says if you give a cup of cold water to someone in the name of the Lord, you receive a reward for that. And so you'll notice that uh, we're sending around the sign-up sheet for the, the fair. Um, we need people to work each, what is it, th- is it three-hour or four-hour, is it three or, f- it's four-hour stints. The four-hour fly, four-hours fly-by. We can, you can get, get there as, and be, do it as an individual, uh, do a time slot. You can do it as a couple. You can do it as a couple of friends. You can do it as a family. We always, when the kids were smaller, we always took our kids. Last few years, the mission trip overlaps on it, so we haven't been able to be a part of it. It's just awesome. You wipe down tables, make sure there's, you know, it's clean, make sure there's everything that people need. Be a blessing. People ask questions. It's just, you know, some people don't ask any questions, but that's all right. We're blessing them anyway. We pray for them silently if, you're, if there's nothing else going on. It's just a great way to reach out into the community and be a blessing one, one uh, person at a time. Also, especially, even more importantly, is that Wendy is going to be running it this year. She's in charge. She was in charge of it last year also. But because we're on the mission trip, Pastor Karen's gone, I'm gone, Deb was there to help her last year, she's going to be gone, Pastor Karen, or Pastor, whatever his name is, Pastor Greg. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. He's going to visit his family, I believe, no, going to somewhere else is more important, and so he won't be here, and uh, so... Wendy and her family need lots of help setting up and taking down. That's huge. So that first day, uh, which I believe is a Tuesday, is that correct? Tuesday's setup day. Um, she could use all kinds of hands. It takes about an hour and a half, literally. It does not take that long. Um, but it does take a number of hands, just setting up tables, setting up chairs, getting the one tent, a pop-up tent, uh, situated properly on the, in the area. So about an hour, hour and a half, you know, two at the very most. But if you had 10 people, it would just fly. It'll, it'll be a, a great, uh, very quick setup. But then sign up for the four-hour stints. And uh, she'll get all of that coordinated, get you all the information needed, and it will be fantastic. Amen? So I encourage you to do that. Make sure that thing keeps going around quickly and, and everybody gets a chance to sign up. Otherwise, it'll be out on the uh, information table, out on the, the bookstore table to sign up afterwards. Also, this summer, this fall, we have men's and women's retreats coming up in August and October. Look at the information. Get signed up. Women, kick your husbands out for the weekend. Give yourself a little time off, some time with the remote. Also, there's a second mission trip coming up, uh, September 26th through uh, approximately October 16th. Not that you would be gone the whole time. There's actually going to be people coming and going. There's a number of things happening during that time. But uh, there's going to be a building trip going on the first. If you'd like to be a part of that, sign up. Please, say, please see Brian Eager. He's going to be the contact person for signing up for that. We need to know soon. If you even have any interest. So today, if you hear this and you have any interest whatsoever, please talk to Brian so we can get a, get a feel for who's interested in going and being a part of whatever. The, the, second, or the second week of it is actually going to be joining with Pastor Thomas Lonke in, in Switzerland. If you remember last year at our 25th, uh, Pastor Thomas came and was a part of the, the 25th celebration. Uh, it's their church's 15th anniversary. So we're going to go uh, celebrate with the kids and uh, be, uh, be there with him, 
to celebrate their anniversary. And so that's the second part. If you'd like to be a part of that, great. That's in uh, northern Switzerland. It's a beautiful area. And then the last part, the last week, is going to be in uh, Romania. We're going to be having a conference, the, the fall conference that we've done now for the last two years. We're going to be doing that again and doing outreach into that area. And you can be a part of just that or any other parts as you so desire. But please see Brian and talk to him about that before you uh, leave today. And there is more on the horizon. There's some really exciting stuff that's in the works that we're planning. Uh, we won't, can't talk about it right now just because we need to get more information before we put any, anything out there. But starting this fall, something very exciting is going to be going on. And I encourage you to, to be a part of it. I encourage every one of us to be a part of it because it fits into exactly the call and the, the purpose of, of why we're here, why our church is here. And so I encourage you, and I, I, I'm just whetting your appetite here a little bit, just to teasing you a bit because it's going to be fantastic. And we just made the decision to go forward with it this weekend, and uh, we'll be telling you more as we go along. So the question is, with all this stuff going on, with all the events, with all the, the things that we're doing, are we where we're supposed to be? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, the vision that God gave me 13 years ago when I became, or right before I became the senior pastor here, um, was this. Building relationships through discipleship to advance the kingdom of God. Building relationships through discipleship to advance the kingdom of God. Um, we have found over the years that the most important thing we can do, I mean, yes, Getting people saved is the top. Right underneath that, though, is building relationships between each other. It's what holds us together. It's the relationships. It's, the, it's, the, it's, it's knowing one another and being able to be there for one another, trusting one another, uh, having, uh, knowing somebody well enough that if you have guacamole on your mustache that they'll tell you. And that is a metaphor for sin, okay? Just so you know, I'm not talking about guacamole, I'm talking about sin, but people always get nervous when I talk about sin, so guacamole. Green guacamole. I love guacamole, but if it's just hanging on my mustache and I'm going out into public, we don't want that. So we want somebody to be able to say, hey, I care enough about you, you got guacamole on your mustache. You really don't. But it just if, if, I, you, know, if you did... We are, we're able to say that. We're able to, 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 to share with somebody, hey, you know, you're, you're, this is what you're doing. This isn't right. Don't do that. I love you enough to tell you. And so relationships have to be, have to be worked. They have to be, have to be uh, uh, fostered. They don't just automatically happen. We, we've been doing that through so many things. All these events, stuff that where we get together, we go on trips we, you know, with the youth group and the, the camps and the, and the youth trips and the, even mission trips are a bonding time where you get to know somebody way better than you ever hoped to. And you also build a relationship that will last forever. Something that lasts beyond our lifetime even. Amen? And so, uh, building relationships through discipleship. Not, it's not just about building relationships because we could just have a club and not have all the other stuff going on. We could do all of that. 
uh, and a lot of people do. They have clubs. You know, there's a lot of clubs out there. There's even a lot of Christian clubs out there. But we don't want to be just a Christian club. We do this through discipleship, and discipleship is hard work. Discipleship is, is not always fun or, or not always convenient. Discipleship is learning. Hey, you know, we've been doing the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the doctrine teachings lately, and it's been hard. There's been some stuff, you know, I mean, you really have to kind of wrap your mind around it and talk about it. And in the small groups, we've been, through those relationships, we've been wrestling with, with some of this doctrine stuff. And we don't always see eye to eye, and we don't always agree, but that's okay. It's okay to not always agree. It's, al- it's, it's always okay to love but we don't always have to agree. But it's through discipleship, putting our hand to the plow, doing stuff together. You know, that discipleship isn't just learning what the Bible has to say, but it's actually putting it into practice. Going on a mission trip, going to the fair and and working for four hours. Well, that doesn't sound very spiritual, wiping tables down. Oh, give me a break. The ministry that happens... During that time, whether you know it or not, that, you know, that whoever that person, well, I know who it is, but that person who touched that life yesterday, you had no idea what you were doing. You had no idea. And when you were standing out there, it was a little humid, it was starting to rain, you could have thought, oh, this isn't all that much fun, but you impacted a life. You impacted a life enough for them to write and say, thank you. That's huge. And it wasn't super spiritual. No. A lot of the regular stuff we do every day by putting our hand to the plow and just obeying God is not all that glamorous. But it lasts beyond our lifetime. Building relationships through discipleship to advance the kingdom of God. This is all about advancing the kingdom of God. God has a plan. His plan is for people what Tom shared this morning. It's about people. It's about people's lives changing into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And how does that happen? It happens through the word of God. But it also happens by people getting out there. People, you, us, all of us getting out there and being salt and light. It isn't just the pastors. It isn't just the, the part-time, uh, full-time Christians or the, you know, those with calls on our lives. No, it's all of us. By working at the fair this week, three weeks from now, in my head it's all July and August. By working at the fair, you are putting your hand to the plow. That is vital work. It's, a, it's about being in the ministry, doing what God's called us to do. Like, well, wait a second, I thought I had to get up in front and preach if, if I was, had a call. I'm like, no, no, you can give a cup of cold water. You can wipe a table. You can, you can smile at somebody. You can help their kid find the right VeggieTale video to put in. Vital work. Because they're at their wit's end. They can't take the kid no more. But if, a, if you do it in the name of Christ, there is always a reward. There's always growth, advancement of the kingdom. So, so in looking at this, There seems to be a good balance of relationships, building discipleship, and actively advancing the kingdom of God. We're doing those things. And all the stuff that we're doing, it's encompassing those things. And we do that on purpose. This didn't just go, hey, look what happened. 
No, we purposely choose the things that we do because it helps all of us get there. We're doing, we're, we're getting there on purpose. When I became the senior pastor here 12 years ago, um, I looked at this congregation. Um, when Pastor Dan said he was moving on and going to be the, uh, you know, start traveling more and be gone out of the country and that I was, you know, he was going to turn the church over to me, I, uh, I looked at the church, I looked at the people here, and I've watched the people who come here, who end up coming here, and the thing that I've noticed the most, the thing that I noticed immediately and I continue to notice is the quality of people who come here. Amazing people. Gifted people. People who in and of themselves could be leaders in something else. People who could be pastors of their own church. Go here. Former pastors of churches that God is in the middle of retooling. Ministers who have ministered for decades on the streets. God is brought here. That's not by mistake. And I'm not just talking about these full-time, you know, these who have been full-time, but I'm talking about you. You are amazing. Amazing people that God has already prepared to do the stuff He's called us to do. And my prayer from the beginning and still is, it's a very theologically based, very, very uh, solemn, very, you know, very deep prayer. It's, oh God, don't let me screw this up. I pray that about all kinds of things. Oh God, don't let me, you know, when I first met Deb and decided to get married, oh God, don't let me screw this up. It's a really good prayer. You can add this to your prayers that availeth much. <laughs> when he gave us children, oh God, don't let me screw this up. But I've prayed it for this church, Lord, I can see what you're doing. I can see the people that you have here and that you're bringing here. And there is a purpose way outside of us. Way outside of me. And so in that, there is something that God is doing. And, and, and I, just, I was laughing during Terry's prayer. Hopefully he had his eyes closed and couldn't see me. Because what he was praying, even though he didn't know it, was exactly what I was going to talk about today and exactly what's been on my heart. And exactly what God is about to do something. Tom mentioned it too. And, and, and Linda says, God, it's, it's already begun. But it's going to take all of us grabbing a hold of that plow and moving forward. On the night that I was uh, installed as the pastor here, it was in December, the end of 2002. A gentleman came to that service. Uh, he wasn't a part of the church here at that time. And he came to the service and he goes, you know, and he caught me out in the hallway out there. He was standing right outside the two double doors and I've known him for years. And he caught me outside the doors and he said, hey, Pastor John, I got to tell you about something. He says, I had a dream about you last night. I said, really? And I mean, here we are. I'm, I'm, it's the service where Pastor Dan was going to be commissioned to go to the nations. And 
he was going to turn the church over to me and just a few, few hours later, that's what happened and that's the reason we were there. But he says, I had a dream about you last night. And when this man tells you he has a dream about you, you need to listen. And he said, in this dream, somebody gave you a cigar boat. You know what a cigar boat is? It's those really long, about 40 foot long boats that you used to see on the river before there's a no wake zone. You know, they don't see them this summer, but wait till the water's down. These like 40 foot long boats, they have twin V8 engines in them, and they fly. I mean, these things are awesome. I've never ridden one, I want to ride in one at least once. Slow. <laughs> but I mean, those things, they, no, I want to go fast, I really do. <laughs> But they go, they just scream. He says, he says, I saw in this dream somebody gave you a cigar boat. Now this cigar boat needed some work. It needed some rehabilitation. There were some parts that didn't work. There were some parts that needed to be switched out. There were some, some updates that needed to be made in this boat because it was kind of like it was running on three or four cylinders instead of 16. The funny thing is, what he didn't know God's amazing. I mean, he knew that. But what he didn't know is that guy had just said that morning. I said, Lord, I said, I know what I'm getting into here. There's some things that need to change. This, this is only, if, I said, I feel like we're only running on a few cylinders instead of eight. And he said the exact words to me that night. He said, There's only, it's only running on a fraction of the cylinders that it has. But he says, he says, what I saw is over time you kept working on it. You kept replacing them. You kept tuning it up. You kept working on it. And on one day, it was ready. And he said, you started that thing up. And whoo, you know. I wish I could make better noises, you know. And he says, we were riding up and down the river laughing and laughing and laughing, having a blast. We were riding. God has a vision for this valley. All of these things are not by accident. Being here right now is not by accident. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. It is not by accident that you are exactly where you are right now. You are here. And what he has planned for us is absolutely amazing. We're going to have a blast seeing it be fulfilled in his time by his hand. And that time is now. It's already begun. Some pastors are trying to figure out how to keep their congregation's attention during the, after the worship songs. Not this church. When we don't have this, the next installment of doctrine, I can see some people's faces. There's actual disappointment in some of you. Not all of you, but you're getting there. Over the years, I've thrown bigger and bigger chunks of meat out, and most of the time, they never hit the floor. You people are hungry. You know what God is calling you to do. You, you know there's a bigger plan for your life than what you're seeing right now. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than right here, right now. <laughs> 
We are where we're supposed to be. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're ready for the next assignment and challenge the Father has for us. Each new challenge has called for more hands on deck. And this church has always risen to that call. We've always been good at Mark 16, 15, and he said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. This church has always been a going church. Go into all the world. It's not easy going into all the world. It's not cheap going into all the world. But it's amazing that when you sow seed into that area, God does some amazing things in your own life and in our own church. We're getting better. and We've been pretty good at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but we're doing it a lot better now. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And you've heard me say that before. Jerusalem is where you live. Judea is the region, the river valley. And Samaria is where you don't want to go. And we're spending more and more time on this one, Ephesians 4. And in this fall, this is actually the area that we're, we're focusing on and addressing this fall with this new opportunity that's, that's arisen. Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or personhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint, with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, the answer to the question that I've been asking this morning, where are we? Are we where we're supposed to be? We are right where we're supposed to be. We're doing what we're supposed to do, and we're ready for the next phase. We're ready. You're ready. But we need to keep moving forward. We need to keep doing the things that he's called us to do. And not just a few, he's called all of us. He's called us all. So hang on, here we go.